This is the Rich Eisen Show. The world's biggest stars are here. Timothy Oliphant back here on the show. How are you doing? By the way, yes. Uh, yes. Oliphant. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And by the way, just drop the Timothy. Just go with Tim and maybe it makes it easier. Tim. The Rich Eisen Show. Oliphant. We're not that close. Go back to Timothy. <laughs> on the show. Pro Football Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Coming up, Golf Channel analyst Randall Chambly. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat in hour number one. Marshall Falk, the Pro Football Hall of Fame running back who did it all. Um, and including, by the way, holding out for what he deserved to be paid back in his day with the St. Louis Rams uh, and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, we all know him uh, getting traded to the Rams changed so many fortunes uh, involving uh, that organization. And he was on in hour number one at his own request. He texted me last night and you know, it was a great uh, um, distraction from watching the Yankees strike out so much last night against the Angels. Um, and watching Otani uh, teach the Yankees a lesson, um, he texted, uh, I'm calling into your show tomorrow. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. We found a time, appropriate, and he was on an hour number one, That's and great. he gave his two cents, Albert Breer, on why Saquon and Josh Jacobs didn't get their long-term deals and how close they came to getting him uh, in hour number two. Phone calls as well. Um, if you missed any of that, you're in luck. One hour from now, right here on the Roku channel, if you're watching us, we re-air. And we do it over and over and over again until we show up again tomorrow at noon Eastern time on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate or Sirius XM or Odyssey. And then there's our podcast. If you missed any of it, you can listen to all three hours every single day where all podcasts are acquired. Brandel Shambly of the Golf Channel is about to call in from the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool um, in England, and uh, I will ask him what his thoughts um, on the Live Tour and the PGA Tour's merger. Don't call it a merger, call it an agreement to get to an agreement. <laughs> um, he'll be joining us in uh, just about 18 minutes' time on that front. And um, right now, I'd like to pause and talk about the uh, Southeastern Conference. You've heard of them, right? In college uh, well, sports, it just athletics. Means more Understood? They are rich. Uh, Kirby Smart just spoke. Uh, the Georgia Bulldog head coach was asked about his schedule. Somebody was thinking uh, it was cupcake. I mean, it he said, "You go play it." Definitely is. He said, "You go play <laughs> it." Not that hard. You go play it. Well, the Georgia Bulldogs will. Just means more, unless you know uh, Alabama's going to play Georgia in the SEC championship. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Last SEC season in which Oklahoma and Texas will not be part of the mix. They're coming next year. Arch Manning's coming to Tuscaloosa, maybe. Yeah. Or vice versa. Followed by my boat. Coming up. Um, The name, image, and likeness laws that passed in state houses in certain states across the country are now two years old, and many other states have followed suit. I believe what Florida was first, California and Florida. And um, it's now been two years. And at the time, we were we were all over that. We talked about it, Jim, on July 1st, 2021, I believe, is when that happened. And um, we're like, okay, is anybody ready for this? Because mm. this sounds like it's going to change everything. And I believe it was right around this time last year that uh, Nick Saban, speaking to local business folk in Tuscaloosa, basically accused Texas A&M of uh, buying their recruiting class or maybe it was last year i don't know if it was this time or beforehand but it made things a little dicey at sec uh media days and things of that nature yeah that storm has passed now it's just like what is happening in the world of nil and how does it affect whether a kid is coming to school or staying in school or hitting a transfer portal and what does it mean for a kid that's thinking of going to school high school kids People showing up at high school games when they're 15 and saying, hey, I represent this firm and I think your kid can be terrific and I think they can get into a certain school and I can help. And I'm offering this much money for for you to do it. And NILs are used as inducements, which they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be paid to kids who are already on campus 
and they use their name, image, and likeness based on their performance on that campus to be paid by Buddy Garrity Chevrolet or whatever <laughs> locally. Friends of the program. And instead, there are now, as you know, collections and collectives and things of that nature of different varying degrees of, one might think, legality. Well, one guy is saying this is out of hand. And he is the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey. And he had uh, a state of the state address, state of the SEC union. But as you know, the SEC... There's a bus. There's a college athletics bus, and football drives much of that bus. Mm-hmm. And if that is something you agree to, the SEC drives this bus. So Greg Sankey had this to say about the state of name, image, and likeness and what is happening on that front two years after its birth. In many ways, it's been a net positive for young people. But we all know there are stories, some stories told and others not told, of promises made but not fulfilled, of inducements offered but not provided, of empty commitments, of NIL agreements that created more questions than provided answers, and other behaviors in this space that rightly cause concern. And the reality reality is Our student-athletes deserve something better than a patchwork of state laws that support their name, image, and likeness activity, if support is the right word. Our student-athletes deserve something better than a race to the bottom at the state legislature level. As the efforts are made to create what are perceived as a competitive edge through state laws that are not overseen. So, as Sankey said a couple minutes later, that in his prepared remarks, so this is something you know he wanted to address, (laughs) he had prepared remarks. Um, He said they don't know at the SEC of a single state law on name, image, and likeness in the United States. A single one being enforced. None. Where somebody has run afoul of the state law and they, they are the ones holding them to account. So if the states creating the laws are not policing it and enforcing it, then who's going to do it? And the NCAA is the Lieutenant Weinberg in this thing. You? You? NCAA? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, Lieutenant Weinberg, sitting in Indianapolis with the former governor of Massachusetts now being the... Face forward guy on this thing? Charlie Baker? You? Well, Sankey identified who can help. And it's the United States Congress. The reality is only Congress can fully address the challenges facing college athletics. The NCA cannot fix all of these issues. The courts cannot resolve all of these issues. The states cannot resolve all of these issues, nor can the conferences. Whether congressional action is achievable is a matter of debate, much debate. But educational opportunity, supporting equitable opportunities for men and for women, ensuring the United States continued success in the Olympic Games, providing medical care, nutritional support, academic support, mental wellness counseling. These are nonpartisan issues. He's not wrong. You want to talk about much debate, United States Congress. We're in trouble if that's the (laughs) organization and entity that he thinks is the only answer. So all I got to do is watch that U.S. Senate subcommittee conversation on live tour and pga tour because to me that as you know is a very serious subject going on foreign investment saudi investment in a united states golf entity that has a massive history rooted in our zeitgeist as a country and a sports loving country the pga tour 
yeah, that needs to be discussed by the United States Senate. And instead, you saw some senators up there talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Unserious. And the guy in the U.S. Senate, who you think would know quite a bit about this subject matter and would be there to help, (laughs) used to coach in the SEC. And because of him, the U.S. Marine Corps does not have a commandant Senate confirmed for the first time since 1859. That guy is going to help? That guy is going to suddenly come out, put aside his unique perspective on white nationalism for two seconds to hit this subject matter? Here's the answer. And I know Greg Sankey may not want to hear it. I think he's the answer. That guy sounds like he's running the NC. He's running college athletics. He knows. He knows. That's a leader right there. It strikes me. He's been on this show multiple times. I don't know if he wants. I didn't I even ask him if he wants that job. And he Maybe. he doesn't want it. I mean, we ask Jay he, Billis every time. He's got it up, but but it. but <laughs> because I think where this is going, like because if we're hoping Congress does this. And I know I just pointed out one side of the aisle as pointing as that that is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the United States Congress has the, the ability and wherewithal to sit down and handle this complex problem. They just don't. And I think the people that need to handle it, because he said as well in his speech, if, I, I, I invite everybody to, to seek it out. It's on YouTube that they have talked to student-athletes on this front multiple times. And he said none of them want to become employees of the school. And that acting now is important because you're, you're, you're protecting 15-year-old kids and the current kids in, the, in, in these schools that are probably told a song and dance by so many people that don't have the ability. He said at one point in his speech that there are people who can print up on cardstock that they're an agent and show up to your high school and say, I got your kid. Like something has to be done. And to me, I said it a couple of summers ago when this happened over in Europe, the superleaguing of college programs. Find a whole bunch of people who are in a similar boat athletically. I know it's not fair to smaller schools and mid-sized schools and things of that nature. But at some point, you're going to get you have to get these schools, member schools together with student bodies to help and find out which 64, to use a number, 32, 64, 96 member schools want to be part of a separate entity from the NCAA where they make up their own NIL rules and everybody plays by those and start from there and maybe build from the inside out, not Congress nationally in. Because I don't think that cavalry's coming. And you create your own rules and you have your own playoff system and you include Title IX and you include all the other programs and build from that football-based organization, use, use the college football playoff system to start, and have Sankey run it. I don't think he wants any piece of that. I don't know him. But that's the way to go. Instead, you're just sitting there and just saying, we've gone to Capitol Hill, we've lobbied here, we've lobbied there. Really? They're going to really... They couldn't even talk, you know, in a subcommittee without trying to make talking points for cable news outlets to talk seriously about what's going on Live Tour and PGA Tour. And we're going to have this conversation. And subcommittees and committees and, and get, get the House and the Senate on the same page in a bipartisan fashion on this subject matter? Really? Seems unlikely. Come on. <laughs> now, there are some people on Capitol Hill on both sides of the aisle and on both chambers who have some history in this. Maybe they can get together. I, I don't know. And surprise us. But this is only going to get worse. And Sankey is sounding an alarm. He's using his platform to sound an alarm, and he's in charge of the SEC, Southeastern Conference, not Securities and Exchange. Correct. <laughs> I almost said, what else? Oh. So. 
Congress, get out of here. That, <laughs> that should be a shirt. Congress, get, get out, out of here with that get noise. Get out of here with that noise. Jay Feller. You know, again, you could use our new drum. You are not serious people. They are not. You could see it every day. Pause is so good. I mean, Brian Cox legend. All right. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. And speaking of, uh, you know, Live Tour and PGA Tour, what's going on in the mind of Brandel Chambly? I, I guess a welfare check on, on him a month after the welfare check. Uh, joining us from the side of the Open Championship, Brandel Chambly, when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we're back here on our program. <laughs> We're back. We're back on the Roku channel. Again. We are. Thanks for the no, podcast. I know, I know. Watch I just, us on Roku. No, I just was throwing out that you like when I work political. I like it better when you work blue. I know. You know. That's why Eisen After Dark will become a reality. Eisen After Dark. Put it I out there, told Chris. you that, that, that Stuart Scott wanted to put sports centers on pay-per-view. I think he may have even brought that up to a couple of... You uh, know how many viewers oh, you would have had? Management times. I mean, it's kind of on pay-per-view now, ESPN Plus. And I know. No, 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 <laughs> but, but, but you, you, you work blue on there. Right. Just imagine it. if Stu could have said the biggie lines that he had to edit. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, but, mean, you know, I, I be, just to be straight up, he didn't really curse that much off air. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He didn't. It's like me, then. He didn't. <laughs> but I, I think he wanted to just be more uh, forthright about certain subject matters. <laughs> I get it. But, he, yeah, he wasn't, you know, like off the air, like always working blue or anything yeah. like that. And then he cleaned it up for on the air. He legitimately was the human being off the air that he was on the air. Like yeah. straight butter. <laughs> Must be, butter. you know, he did that. So, must be better because he's on the roll. Yeah, he wanted to do a pay per view sports centers. I wouldn't have minded doing that. Funny, yeah. As long as you got a little extra you cash, want, you want to do that here, right? I that's, mean, I, that's kind of a thing now. The yeah. second screens, the uh, you know, you watch the national championship, but watch us watching the national. No, championship. No, I know that, but know, they, it's not people a... working blue. I mean, that's uh, why McAfee. What McAfee's doing is bringing the blue to the big. I know cable network is see how that works out. Is your open? Like, you know, watch that's it. Watch parties and all that stuff. Yeah, people what, work. Blue. What if we, they're what kind if, of drinking and having a good time? What mm -hmm. if we were allowed like three f bombs a day? 
<laughs> I'll take the under. Back on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Open championship about to yes. get underway at Royal Liverpool. And you can watch that right here on Roku if you're watching us. Uh, the Peacock app has got you on that one. We'll have more on that on tomorrow's program. Uh, but for the moment, let's turn to uh, the NBC Sports family uh, from Golf Channel back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Joining us from uh, the Open Championship is Golf Channel's Brandle Shambly. How are you, Brandle? I'm terrific. Thanks, Rich. Nice to talk to you. Uh, I'm sitting here watching it rain, and I think that's going to be pretty much what I'm going to watch all week. <laughs> it sounds it sounds on brand. It sounds on brand uh, for the Open Championship. Um, how how does everybody across the pond, which I'm mandated to say as an American sports broadcaster, anything that's over uh, at a spot like, say, Royal Liverpool Golf Club, how are, how are they looking at our reaction to the Live Tour and PGA Tours agreement? to have an agreement, Brandel? Uh, you know, I think uh, that's a good question. Thank you. I, I would say that it's, it's viewed more favorably here, at least outside of the European tour. Uh, you know, judging by what I've read in the newspapers over here, I, I subscribe to the newspapers over here, so I go on and I read The Guardian, I read The Times, and it seems to me like, you know, essentially – because the Saudis are involved in Premier League soccer, and soccer is such has such a following over here. I think they're they're quicker to accept Saudi involvement, the possible if you want to call it that, uh, because they don't. I don't think they're so quick to refer to it as sports washing over here. But at least in, in, on the European tour side, uh, I think that you know the views are more mixed. But those that are opposed to the merger are even more vehement about it and more vocal. So at least on the PGA Tour side, the players that you know are, are, I would say, in close quarters opposed to it are not near so vocal uh, in front of the media. And I think that's one of the reasons why Rory has been somewhat frustrated. Uh, I would even guess that he, I don't know this to be the case, but I would guess that he feels slightly betrayed by the fact that he hasn't had a lot of support uh, from his peers on the tour who are opposed to this merger. Hmm. How has that uh, become evident to you? Any frustration on Rory's part? Because it certainly didn't show up in his golf game this past week. That's for sure. No, it didn't. You know, it shows up, I think, just in the terseness of his remarks, you know, as it relates to Liv saying, you know, I would retire sooner than play there, or in his reluctance to go into the media center. He's He is, if he's not the most giving uh, player to the media, superstar, uh, I don't know who is, and uh, you know, at, at a couple of different majors, and, and this week he's he's declined to go into the media center because you know it's it's obvious he's going to get much the same questions that he's been getting, uh, and he's not had a lot of support from his peers. And yeah, with regard to what Rory said, I stand behind him 100. percent He's not exactly getting that kind of support, and you know, I think he's he's in uh, because of his play, because of his status. I think he's in the most prominent role. Tiger is not near as prominent because he's not playing. Uh, and I think in a lot of aspects, Rory uh, is the most important voice in the game. And it may well happen in the, in the history of this game that he could be proven to be the most important voice in this game historically. Because what's at stake here, I think, is the future of professional golf, certainly as it relates to the way it's viewed in the United States. Well, in terms of that, uh, I want to put a pin in that um, that uh, discussion for the moment, Brandel, and, and ask you about the the locker room because I think you know I the the most um, common soundbite you might hear, certainly from Live Tour players, is this is a media creation. There's no issues amongst the players that they are cool with each other, that they're not cool to each other, and that this is not discussed when they do cross paths, whether getting ready for a round or finishing with a round or, heaven forbid, have a round with each other after a round, right? So what what is going on? What does happen in a locker room, I, I would, do you think, here? Yeah, I would say nothing is further from the truth than those remarks. Nothing is more disingenuous than those remarks. Uh, this is... If it's not all the players are talking about when they're away from the game of golf, it's it's close enough to it. Uh, and outside of the media, you go into any locker room, anywhere, 
and this is what people are talking about. I got into a taxi cab three days ago in London on my way to getting a rental car, and the taxi cab driver asked me about live PGA Tour merger. This is not the creation of the media. This is just circumstances of the, the Saudis trying to buy sport everywhere in the world, and it's causing controversy, and it's raising a lot of existential questions. And do the players hash it out in the locker room, crossing paths, say something to each other, or well, or don't? I think, I think you know there's been acrimonious exchanges. Certainly, I've heard of those. There's been finger pointing, fingers in the chest. There's been raised voices, uh, and I think some have just agreed to disagree. There's been players that have patched things up. Uh, you know, just pretty much everything across the board as it relates to sort of verbal confrontations. Uh, and then some players, look, you know, they're out here to try to play golf. And there's no more head game than the game of golf. And if you're not in the right space mentally, right. uh, you're not going to play your best golf. So I think strategically there are players that avoid the controversy. So they sort of stay, you know, on the fence. They, they, they try to be Sweden in this whole uh, controversy. Um, and that's, you know, that's really, and I understand that, but that's not what this period of time calls for. You know, this calls for leadership. It calls for clear-headedness. This calls for having the right moral compass, an ethical compass. And, and thank goodness in that regard, uh, you know, Rory has been very vocal. Brandel Shambly of the Golf Channel here calling in from uh, Royal Liverpool in advance of the Open Championship, which you can see right here on Roku through the Peacock app, uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, let's jump back to what you said about the cross-section of golf uh, and history that we're at right now. Uh, we haven't spoken in a month. We spoke um, just on the eve of the United States Open when this uh, merger, don't call it a merger, now Jimmy Dunn said to Congress last week, it's really an agreement to get to an agreement. Uh, where, do you, where do you think everything stands now a month later, Brandel? Well, I, you know, look, I think I've heard you know, people closer to this than me say that it's it's 50-50 on whether or not this deal actually goes through. Uh, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of question marks about whether or not it's better if the deal goes through or better if the deal doesn't go through. Uh, I think whichever way you look at it, I think the game has been tilted towards greed. Uh, and to re-anchor star players – uh, to the reality of their situation is going to be difficult. The ratings can't support the purses that players are playing for right now. And to re-anchor, because if private equity comes into and supports the, if private equity comes into uh, and starts supporting the PGA Tour, uh, look, they're, they're, they're not going to spend frivolously. You know, it's going to be tar- tied to market principles. So these PGA Tour players are going to sort of have to re-anchor their value to the reality of economics. And that's just not where they're at right now. And it's going to be tough to put that genie back in the bottle. So what did you take away from uh, that hearing last week? What uh, jumped out at you, Brandel? I I wouldn't say that I was surprised by any of it, uh, to be honest with you. I, I think it was a you know, for the parties that hadn't aired things out to air them out and to speak to the sides. I'd heard what uh, Jimmy Dunn and Ed Hurley and, and the PGA Tour, I'd heard their position before. And I had certainly, I, I follow uh, Blumenthal on, on social media sites and other senators, and I was pretty well aware of, of, of their position and their concerns that this uh, perhaps is a violation, antitrust violation, because look, if you look at it and it's live PGA Tour, DP world tour merger how is that not going to be considered uh, a monopoly you know and then the the pga tour side is is it better or worse for the players that are competing and so there's there are these conflicting sides of it but the i don't know that anything that transpired that day managed to change the public conception or perception i should say uh that that the tour uh is up for sale and that it was uh, on the way to being sold to the Saudis. That's the perception. And how they go overcome that perception, uh, I think, is a very difficult task for the PGA Tour.
And how about the idea that uh, Yasser Al-Rumayan getting a green jacket and an RNA membership might be, uh, you know, part of this equation or was or is attempted to be? How'd that one hit you, Randall? No, look, I, I, I thought that was one of the more bizarre aspects of it, uh, uh, you know, that, that came out. You know, I, 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 it sounded to me, and I don't know exactly that they were throwing that on the table, but I doubt that there was any acquiescence. Uh, towards that, towards that goal, uh, I, I, w- I wouldn't have thought that that would make the powers that be uh, particularly happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, look how how do deals get done? You know, what do you want? What do I want? Well, I think we can all sort of um, get our arms around the nature of how deals get done. You know, you give a little, you get a little, you get a little. Uh, but I think I guess the most surprising aspect is that they were, you know, they were. They were implying that Tiger and Rory would be a part of these live teams and be traveling around. And I just, you know, even before that came out, I, I just couldn't ever imagine a scenario where Tiger and Rory would ever commit to something like that. And so the very idea that that would even be mentioned or kicked around uh, as a possibility seemed preposterous to me. Now, there's just, you know, Tiger's too tied to the PGA Tour for all the right reasons. Uh, and I think he's absolutely spot on with the ethical compasses. It relates to this issue, as is Rory. And the idea that they might in some way uh, capitulate uh, in this regard, uh, it was preposterous to me. Well, I mean, uh, I guess that's a good word for it. But uh, if the PGA Tour was capitulating or saw common ground or saw some necessary um, gives just to get uh, a, a path to survival, as PGA officials might tell you, um, then, then why not give a shot at Tiger and Rory? Although the thing that was preposterous, the most preposterous, was thinking Tiger would play 10 events. All, you gotta say, all he has to do is send his MRI to the people at PIF, right? right? And say 10. Right. Like I, I would right. sign for watching Tiger play 10 competitive events the rest of my life right now, Brandon. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? That's a fair point. That's, that's, that, that's, that's a fair point. Um, you know, so, you know, you look, yeah, look, um, you, you know, the, I think the, the, the hard part here to swallow is, is that there, there had to be legal liability on both sides because why else make the deal? Because, there was what I would call good, clean money. I mean, if you if you listen to and talk to investors, there's the idea that the PIF has all the money in the world is laughable. That's $650 billion. There's $140 trillion ready for investment, good, clean money around the globe uh, ready for PE investment. Uh, so the idea that the Saudis have a monopoly on the cash infusion that the tour might need is, is, is laughable. Uh, so there is, there's plenty of good, clean money out there. Why it wasn't considered, why it, you know, wasn't an option, it, it, it's just hard to understand. And and look, I know that they needed to kill the lawsuits to stave off, you know, the the bloodletting of money. Uh, and and to that end, they've done that. And, and they, to what I understand, they they can't be addressed. So so that issue is taken care of. And the idea now that you wouldn't uh, consider what I would call good, clean, honest money available and ready to be invested into the PGA tour. Uh, that's a head scratcher to me. Uh, and I think that that's where the game needs to go. Uh, and again, that is going to re-anchor the stars to more economic reality. And I think a lot of tour players now, they have such an overestimation of their value. All they have to do is just look at the ratings of the tournaments that they play and compare them to the ratings of college football, big college football games. They get blown away by those. And the idea that they're worth what they're asking for is just preposterous. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're going to have to get, uh, again, their, their overestimations of their value re-anchored to economic reality. And it's going to take private equity to probably do that, unfortunately. Let's wrap up our conversation, Brandel Chambly, Golf Channel. Brandel Chambly here on the Rich Eisen Show uh, with the conversation about the actual competition. How about that? Um, what do you think of the uh, field at the Royal Liverpool Golf Club and uh, and who has the best chance to hoist the jar- uh, claret jug coming up on Sunday, Brandel? Well, Royal, yeah, Royal Liverpool has you know just as good a record as you can ever ask of a golf course at dividing out the very best players. 
to win it. I, I just can't even imagine a scenario where you could get a better record than Royal Liverpool over at least the last 50, 60 years. Uh, you know, the number one player on tour in 2014, the guy was rated number one in the world, had number one in pretty much everything. It was Rory. He won in 2006. It was number one player in the world. It was number one in every single thing. Uh, you go back further to a fellow less familiar by a long shot to American audiences, but Roberto DiVincenzo, uh, you know, his record in the Open Championship when he won here in 67 was nothing short of spectacular. Uh, you know, he'd been at five times. He'd finished third. He'd finished second a couple times. He was the favorite at so many different Open Championships, and he finally won in 67. And the person that he beat was Jack Nicholas by two and Gary Player by two. The next two best players, at least in the Open era, that Robert Dirk, Roberto DiVincenzo was playing. And then you go back to Peter Thompson, who won in 56. From 1953 to 1958, that's six Open Championships. Only three players managed to even beat Peter Thompson in those six Open Championships. So you go back to 1956 to present, and it's got a darn near perfect record at divining out the best players. So mm. having said that, you don't have to look very far down the list. It's Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm. And if you have an English flair and you're trying to follow and make a case for some good English golfers, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood are certainly high enough up there in the various ranks to compete. But really, I think this is going to just be a head-to-head uh, competition between the best in the world. The only caveat to that is it's soft. The conditions are soft. And when they're soft, shorter hitters can come in because they can stop balls on greens they wouldn't ordinarily be able to. So to that extent, you'd say Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Tom Kim. You go further down the list. It's going to be a little bit more open than you would think, uh, given the soft conditions. But in the end, I still think it'll be the biggest of big boys that prevails. Love our chats, Brandel. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in on such a busy week. And let's talk down the line. Greatly appreciate, as always. Thanks so much, Rich. Always nice talking to you. Right back at you. At Shambly Brandle on Twitter and Instagram. I follow him. You should as well right here on the Rich Eisen Show. That was an interesting chat right there. During uh, our conversation, um, it's clanking around the old internet tubes is the pairings for the Open Championship. And um, you got to wonder if the Royal and Ancient is messing with the heads of one particular participant in the field (laughs) that's next (laughs) as we wrap up this fascinating tuesday show lots of great conversations here we'll hopefully have one more for you before we beat it on down this tuesday road that's next this is the rich eisen show Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. All right, everybody, we're back here on The Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Began watching season two of The Bear. Nice. Yes, Chef. Yes, Chef. Excellent show. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. What Less, uh, episode? Just one, um, two? I'm two in. Okay. Less, much less chaotic than season one. Oliver Platt is just, he's he's one of those, he, he's kind of like. Um, he's um, so good on His character, 
is to this show what like Roger Sterling was to Mad Men. A little bit. Yeah, a little you bit. You know, like he shows up and it just pops the screen and the scene yeah. and adds a certain level of comedy that nobody yeah. else yeah, is he, able to. He goes three for four with two doubles and every two time, run score. Every and then time. Like, oh, then he waves. Yeah. The way they revealed him in the, in this season as well was a delight. I love him. <laughs> well, season one where they had the uh, the kid's birthday party. Yes, I was great. <laughs> at his house. But just yeah. him, I rewatched the scene where it was his first scene of, of this season. It was in episode two. When they told him about the money? Yes. Okay. And I, I rewatched it just to to watch it back with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I love him. He got he, nominated for an Emmy or a guest star. Did he? Yep. He, did. he deserves it. Yep. Well, he knows that. He deserves it. Bro, you haven't even got to like. It, it gets so much better. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, getting there. I'm getting there. Get there. I'm getting there. It's so one good. of those where I'm in that situation because Suze didn't watch season one. I did. Okay. She's now hearing such great things about season two. She wants to catch up. Got it. She wants to just jump into season two. I tell her can't that that it. it's not acceptable. Nah, that it's nope, not the way to not do how it. Works. You can't do that. Nope. So you got to start from season one, which means I got to wait for her. <laughs> when when was the last time you watched season one? When it, oh, like, I could like, I could easily rewatch that. I, that's no, I, I understand. I was back and rewatch. Yeah, I was halfway through season two, and I was like, yeah. I don't want this to end. I could so totally I do again. that. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> back here on the Rich Eisen show, not even for your wife. Uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about maybe. Do you like what? It is one of those things. Like, I understand when you're watching a show with your spouse, mm-hmm. significant other, and you know you you can't watch one. You can't go two episodes ahead. Like it's 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 a personal affront yeah. to your partner, spouse, however you want to place it. It's in a personal affront if you go if you get ahead yeah. and you don't tell them. You know, it's like a trust issue. It's kind of like a trust issue. I mean, obviously, there's certain grades of trust issues in relationships. I'm not telling too many tales out of school. Not to turn myself into Doctor Drew here for a second. <laughs> I can you. feel it. But <laughs> but I think it's a different story when. Like this, Susie didn't watch season one of The Bear. She's hearing great things about season two. Says, I'll just start watching with you. I'm like, no, you've got to catch up. And I'm now off and watching season two. Do how, how deep into season two do I go before waiting for her to catch up? Or I just don't. I just rip, just I just rip the, no, the Band-Aid <laughs> off and that's it. She's lost. She snoozed. I don't know, man. Like she loses. I think you should go back and rewatch season one because that's what I did, and I picked up on a lot of stuff. I could that, do that, that, that but I that's, a, that's a commitment. Oh, season one wife. is a really quick watch. There's only eight episodes, no, know, and I they're remember. a half hour, they're cool. yeah, and they're great. And it's an amazing show. Yeah. And just think about this, Rich. If you don't want to watch it with her, we have a caller who will gladly sit on the phone and watch the bear with her. Wow, wow. <laughs> that that fella in season. Yeah. yeah. Wow. In just an saying. hour or two. Wow. Yeah. DJ just yeah, I don't think so. Oh, Matt. Went there. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you are not. You are, you are not <laughs> serious people. They'll trade notes right. over the I phone. Kinda, I kind of dig our new. Uh, is it growing on you? Our new. Our new drop. You are not. Serious people. And it just—it doesn't hit you. You know, you're not a fan. You know, of I gotta say, I kind of put the succession in the rear view a little bit. Wow. Well, I'm just Already? saying, I've been on. To, I'm on to other shows. Like what? What do you want to? We're watching uh, the Lincoln Lawyer right now. We which just, which we season? Just, we just finished the Bear season two. Lincoln Lawyer. Were you already both on a season two? Yes, we okay. finished season one okay. together. We, uh, yeah. Well, you agree with me that when you're watching a show with Sarah, Sarah you... will check with me. Are you interested in watching this show? And I'll say no. Like like season two Yellow Jackets, I watched one. A little too weird of a show for me. Go ahead and watch two on your own. But she did ask, "Is she it did, all right if I did, go on without you?" She did check. Yeah. That's it. See that? That's yeah. you've got a you've got a solid relationship. Got to communicate. No, solid the way most people mean solid, and not the way you mean solid. Correct. So, no, no, no. I'm the way I mean it, which is the actual word for it. It's a rock solid relationship. Yeah, but sometimes you don't like solid. I don't like solid when it's re- when it's used in a way like he's a solid player. Yeah, he's a solid. That's not good. You don't want to be a solid player. No, because you want to be a star. You'd be yeah. better, honestly, for all you folks out there, that maybe do I need to give a tutorial on the word solid? <laughs> so but the Susie... problem is, is that I know a lot of people who use this, and I don't want to come across as a little, you know, disappointed in them, because mm. I still love them. 
You know, Jerry, agent of the stars, I had to give this to because he kept on calling things that I'm doing solid. I'm like, all right, we got to stop now. Well, what about you're doing because solid work? Is that an, is it is? That... It is. There is a better adjective. Excellent is a better adjective than solid. So when Susie texted me last Friday to say you were a solid tennis Correct. player. And then I, you, I told her you didn't like that. I did not like that. But it's also an accurate portrayal. I'm not terrific. I'm not excellent. That's an actual good use of solid. I am a solid. You could even put in the um, assumed parenthetical of for my age <laughs> in there. That's what I'm saying. Put solid. For you folks out there who use the word solid, think if you could use a better adjective. What if there isn't one? There is. There always are. It's called the language. Just learn it. It's a dictionary. But solid is, it's a thesaurus. Solid is descriptive. It, it is, is descriptive, it, but, but let me ask you this question. Getting the point across. Hold on a second. Excuse me. Here's what we're going to say. Is Tom Brady a solid quarterback? Is that the best word you can use but to you, describe but, his time? But he, no one would ever describe him as solid. Correct, because like, he's excellent. But no one would ever do it. Like, that sentence has never been uttered probably in the history of the English Why? language. Why? So many people use solid as a, as a terrific connotation. You're already admitting then no, that it's not the most terrific but no connotation. one would ever say Tom Brady is solid. You would say Kirk Cousins is a solid quarterback. Exactly why I don't want to be referred to as solid. You don't want to be the Kirk Cousins of over 50 tennis? Oh, my God. I tell you, you'd be rich. So you and again, I don't mean to denigrate Kirk Cousins. Certainly not in the way Marshall Falk <laughs> says he didn't in hour one, but we all know. I think he called him bum. He savaged him. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand? What you, do you get what I'm saying about course, solid now? Of course, hey, but... man, your take is really solid. Thanks. But it's not the best take. But if I know it's not a great take, I'll take solid as but a compliment. But you, so many people use the word solid as a compliment, and I'm saying that it's a backhanded compliment. Well, wasn't it a thing from the 70s, too? Solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why it's used in a way as a superlative, which it is not. It's a middling adjective. It's better, like... So it, solid is a solid adjective. Soup, it, solid is, well, no, not if you're actually using it to describe my tennis game. I have a solid tennis game. But you took offense to that, even though you admit that your uh, tennis that game just, is not. That's because, again, I, I hear the word solid, and it, it's, um, it's triggering. It, it triggers. By the way, since we're. It's, since, a, it's a more than solid trigger. <laughs> since we're on the English language right now, on yes. YouTube yesterday, there were a lot of people correcting you about right. saying that Tyreek Hill did not speak in the third person. Oh, he did. Or in the second person. Yeah, they said he, he he is in the third person, not second. Cheetah are both the third person, he and Cheetah. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't catch it okay. either. But I'm, I'm happy to learn. Uh, so, but that's if a you less than take, solid opinion. If you, that is if you want to believe people on YouTube. I do. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that I... I but so many of them said it. So I okay. was like, what? Okay. I didn't. I got to learn. I've got to learn. I didn't and I appreciate either. the uh, correction. I hate to be that guy, but isn't he also third person? I don't know. <laughs> second person is. You, I think, is second person. Uh, you, your, and yours. Yeah. Got it. He is third. You is second. That's okay. what I'm learning from people. If he would have called himself you. That's uh, tough then to do. I wouldn't put past Tyreek, though. I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> He's very fast. <laughs> so if. Somebody in, let's just say, Chris, you and I, I invite you to come play golf. That would be great. Okay. You have a nice course. But if I invite you to come play golf with somebody that you have already told me you don't like playing with yeah. mm -hmm. because this individual plays too slow, Whoa. that you're waiting too long for this person, or... They have been in front of us before, and their slow play prevents us from playing at the pace that we want to play at. Just a would normal four-hour round. Would you accept the invitation to play golf with that person? We're playing with them? Yes. I, I would have to really think about it and push back. Pro okay. Probably not. I'd probably skip it. Okay. I'd come up with some excuse. Uh, Cage has got something going on. Something. I mean, it doesn't matter. Even yeah. if you told me, hey— I can't play with that guy, then I would not invite you to play with that person again because right. I have respect for you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. You're very generous. No, I'm a solid guy. <laughs> so how do we take it when we see the Royal and Ancient decide to throw Brooks Kepka <laughs> in the same pairing 
as Patrick Cantlay. And Patrick Cantlay is... <laughs> and it's interesting that we're showing a photograph of raindrops because he's a human rain delay, frequently, yeah. with a yeah. stick in his hand. He is the personification of the comma in Pat Summerall's murder, <laughs> she wrote. <laughs> okay? That's really funny. The human Cantlay. personification. Cantlay. He played. Right. Kepka. He waited. He uh, has been vocal about Cantlay's pace of play. Has he not? He has. So, so And this, they don't even play on the same damn tour anymore. This famously goes back to the Masters where Brooks was in the final group with John Rahm and Cantlay was in the group ahead of them. Oh, boy. And Cantlay was going very, very slow because there was all kinds of weather. We call Augusta, it deliberate. Let's, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and, and say he's uh, deliberate. You know, Brooks sometimes waiting 10, 15 minutes between t- on tee boxes, waiting... And so he's very vocal about how he doesn't appreciate the slow play. They are now playing together in the same group, oh the 9.37 a.m. local time oh boy. with Hideki Matsuyama. Now, I take this as potentially the RNA having a sense of humor, whereas really? Cantlay and Hideki famously were offered or were rumored to be going to live. Oh. Ended up not going. Brooks obviously did go. Yes. Uh, so let's throw the live guy in with uh, I understand two PGA Tour guys who but one you know, guy he can't stand and one guy he play. can't stand. <laughs> Don't you think that is that gonna that's kind of messes with him? Well, Brooks is a you know a terminator out there in majors. He's played very well this season. Yeah, in the majors, obviously he's one of the all time greats. He's blossoming into that. He's not already there. I, I, well, he's yeah five majors. Yeah. He's you know past Rory yeah, now no, for he's career there. majors. He's one behind Phil. Yes, it's uh, so he deserves the respect here. <laughs> he should. Doesn't get, matter whose money he's taken. I'm surprised honestly that he wasn't paired with Rom and Wyndham Clark, the other major winners this year. You know, traditionally instead, that's been a thing. Instead, they put him with the uh, the grandfather clock. It's gonna be an awkward. Hello. Very very. I, they won't even say hello. <laughs> They, they won't speak the whole round, guaranteed. Well, I mean, we thought that about Bryson DeChambeau and he, and they wound up, you they're, know, they're now buddies, playing against but, each other, uh, right? Didn't they do the match? Didn't they? They did, right? I don't think. Which makes you wonder if the I don't know the quote unquote feud was. Oh, who knows? You know, no, I think there was a feud. Didn't he like roll his eyes when he walked past oh, yeah. him at one point? Oh, yeah. That's famously. Very funny, oh, my very God. Funny well, I guess that's what he's looking like right now with Cantley. Very, very funny. Oh, meme. my gosh. But, yeah. <laughs> it's very comical that this is. They're paired together now. Yeah. It's. Uh, what has he got? Who else is the other pairing? Some interesting. There's some ones, good right? ones. Yeah. Scotty Scheffler's playing with uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Chang Lowry, who's won this before, with Ricky Fowler, who the last time it was at this course finished runner up. To Rory in 2014. Yeah, Rory, Rom, and Rose. Yeah, that's the three really, R's. That's really fun. Reading, writing, arithmetic of it's golf. Speed, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Jason Day. Right. Yeah, John Daly is playing. I saw him. All right, very good. John Daly, former champ, he gets to play with Danny Willett. Here we go. Rock and roll. See, if this was Cantlay, the show would last another 30 seconds. <laughs> but unfortunately, we're out of time. <laughs> we'll chat Wednesday. We out.